are who you are. Lord, you said in your word, I am who I am. Lord, help us to realize who you are, not who we think you are. But Lord, help us to know your word and who you say you are. And Lord, help us to believe you because of who you are. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your faithfulness to us, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for watching over us and guiding us and directing us, Lord. Lord, just help us to put our trust in you, to trust you for all that we need. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we were talking about witnessing, I, um, for me, it seemed real evident that I wanted to have our guests come and share with us today. Um, Dick Dissip and his wife, Jan, have come. I've, I've known Dick for quite a while. Um, the first time I met, or I didn't meet Dick, first time I knew about Dick, I played on a softball team in Bowling Green that was sponsored by the Bishop Nissan. That's been a while. I was, yeah, I was a little guy. <laughs> yeah, that's been a while. And uh, here is Dick. If you, some of you may remember, um, he had a commercial on TV, and Dick stood out in the field, and it says that he was outstanding in the field. He was outstanding, Dick. Isn't that true? You were outstanding in your field, and he still is. He still is. He's still that way. So I've known Dick in the last few years as a Gideon. Um, I've been blessed to just uh, be able to be with him at least once a year, sometimes twice, or see him in town. But uh, it's always been a blessing, and Dick's just a real encouragement. So we're just glad to have him here today to share with us. So, Dick. Wow, thank you, Pastor. That was an old picture, wasn't it? <laughs> if I just look like that today. And Mary, I'll try not to talk so fast this morning, okay? Boy, what an honor and a blessing it is for Jan and myself to be here with you this morning. And, you know, I just give your pastor all the credit in the world. He's been speaking on personal witnessing the, the last number of weeks. And I think, boy, what a need there is for that today. And all our churches should be preaching on that with the culture changes. And, you know, it was interesting, Pastor, the other, it was about two, three weeks ago, I was watching another pastor on, on church services on a Saturday night. And this pastor had his son and his grandson on, and his grandson goes to Liberty University. And as you know, that's a Christian university. And uh, his grandson made the comment that the young people today don't feel they need to go to church. And I thought, what a comment, you know, why do we need personal witnessing? We actually need to go to the people. If they're not going to come to the church, we have to go to them, don't we? And I was thinking that uh, as a pastor spoke about this the last few weeks, he shared with me, he called me back in February, I think it was, and we were talking. And he was talking about the personal witnessing. And I, I thought, you know, um, I wonder how many of us, as you were sitting here listening to that, said, you know, I go to, I go to church and I read my Bible and I try to be a good Christian and you know, this personal witnessing thing, I don't know. You know, I don't feel real comfortable going up and talk to somebody about that. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe you said, I'm not so sure I can do that. Well, you know, it tells us in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So we're not, you know, we're really actually commanded to do that, aren't we? And I know many of you in here, I, I know your witnesses. And I had a gentleman here tell me that he witnesses to people. And I praise God for you that do that. But, you know, it tells us in Matthew 9, 37 that the harvest is truly plenteous, but the labors are few. 
Do you know the statistics say that 95% of the Christians will never lead anyone to the Lord in their lifetime? And we wonder why that is. Here's somebody, he died for us. He's crucified for our sins. You would think we'd want to tell that to everybody, wouldn't we? And yet, why don't we? You know, maybe it's a little fear, do you think? You know, fear of rejection, what people are going to think of us. Have you ever thought about that? But you know, one thing we have to realize when you approach somebody, they're not rejecting you and me. They're rejecting the gospel. Amen? And maybe it's a fear of they're going to ask you all these questions that you don't have the answer to. Have you ever thought about that? I know I thought about that. And maybe you're like me. You know, there was a time I had no clue how to approach somebody to talk to them about the gospel. Are you, were you like that? So maybe we're afraid of failure. You know, what's failure? Is that if they don't pray with you, is that failure? You think about the greatest preacher of all time was Jesus. And Jesus didn't have everybody accept him as their personal savior, did they? You think about the rich man who walked away sorrowful. But if they don't pray with you, is that failure? Maybe you were a seed planter. They claim that people need to hear the gospel six and a half times. I'm not sure why that half time is in there, but six and a half times to hear the gospel, to, to accept Christ. You know, you, probably, you were probably like me. I've heard people speak on soul winning. Have you heard people speak on soul winning? And they were so good at this. They said, now, if they say this, you say that. They say that, you say this. And when they got done, I thought, man, there's no way I could do that. They had an answer for every objection there was out there. Hopefully, when we finish today, you say, you know, I can do that. Because you're going to find that's not the way it is. You don't have all those objections. The first thing you and I have to realize, we're not going to save anyone. Sometimes we put that pressure on us that I got to say this, I got to say that, I got to do this, I got to do that. Brothers and sisters, you don't have to do anything. You just have to be willing to go. Amen? You know, it tells us in Mark 15, 5, I am the vine, you the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, and the fruit shall remain. Brothers and sisters, without me, you can do nothing, it says. That's John 15, 5, incidentally. So you and I aren't going to do anything. How many of you have read uh, Henry Blackaby's book, Experiencing God? Have any of you read that book? It's a great book. In that book, he says, if the Holy Spirit isn't there, what are you going to do? Brothers and sisters, that's the thing we have to realize. If the Holy Spirit isn't there, you and I are going to do nothing. Okay? How many of you believe there's people out there that truly could care less what happens to them after they die? How many believe that? I can tell you there are. I've had people literally tell me that. They said, Dick, I could care less what happens to me after I die. How many of you believe there's people out there truly do want to know where they're going to go after they die? And I'm going to tell you what, by far more people than you will ever imagine, you can't believe how receptive people really are out there. And those are the ones we want to concentrate on, okay? If you, have any of you heard of Mark, Mark Cahill? Mark Cahill, he wrote a book, uh, One Heartbeat Away. And in this book, he says we should pray for Bob. We should pray for the burden, the opportunity, and the boldness. And I'm encouraging you to get a prayer list and put that on your prayer list. Lord, give me the burden, the opportunity, and the boldness to witness. And then put people on that prayer list to pray for. Every one of us in this room have family members that are unsaved. Am I pretty safe in saying that? We have friends. We have family members that are unsaved. Amen? Put them on that prayer list. Pray for them. And then pray. My, I've got a pastor that says, you know, he said, every morning I get up and I pray, say, Lord, lead me to the person closest to hell today. Pray for those people. And then go try to, whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to. 
You know, they say there's 7.7 billion people in the world today. 2.1 billion of those people claim to be Christian. They estimate approximately 58 million people die every year. That's about 153,000 a day, about 6,000 an hour. Many of those people are going to a crisis eternity. Today we want to give you a little gift. You might have noticed some little Bibles laying on the table back there. I want you to take one of these with you. And I want you to take this little Bible and I want you to give it to somebody. I want you to give it to them with the word of witness and try to share the gospel with somebody. Lead somebody to the Lord. Maybe it would be a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a, somebody on the street in the corner in a Walmart. You'd be shocked that people can lead the Lord in Walmart at the gas station just walking down the street. Okay? And I have found if you pay somebody a compliment, they're very receptive. I have found that these are the most easy little things to give away. It's, and I have found if you approach somebody and say, you are so kind and you are so pleasant, you may have had the worst waitress or waiter that you've ever had. And if you say, you know, you do such a nice job, you are so kind, you are so pleasant, may I give you a little gift? Or maybe you're just at a gas station, maybe you're walking down the street, and you have somebody, and they say, you know, you are so kind and so pleasant, may I give you a little gift? It's a little Bible. It's a little New Testament, Psalm and Proverbs from the Old Testament. If you go inside the front cover, it has a little self-help section. You could go there in time of sickness, death, worry. It'll give you the scripture verse, the page number. It'll be the same scripture verse, your big Bible, just a different page number. And we all want to go to heaven. And you go inside the back cover, it tells you how much God loves you, gives you all the scripture verse, a little prayer, tells you how to get there. May I give that to you? Now, the reason I tell them it's a little Bible, and the reason I tell them it's the same scripture verse in the big Bible, just a different page number, I want to build credibility for it. I don't want them to think we're some kind of a cult. I want them to know it's a little Bible. And then if I have the opportunity, I will ask them, if you're 100% sure if you die today, would you go to heaven? You, uh, excuse me just a minute. Sir, you seem so kind and so pleasant. I've seen you stand over here. It's a neat person. You actually almost like, act like a pastor. <laughs> you know, may I give you a little gift? It's a little Bible. It's a little New Testament, Psalm and Proverbs from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. If you go inside the front cover, it has a little self-help section. You can go there in time of sickness, death, worry. I'll give the scripture verse, the page number. It'll be the same scripture verse, a big Bible, just a different page number. And we all want to go to heaven. You go inside the back cover. It tells you how much God loves you. It gives you all those scripture verses. A little prayer tells you how to get there. May I give that to you? Yes. You know, when I have somebody as kind as you, may I ask you a question? Okay. Now, if you're to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? I don't know. Maybe you, not. Would you like to know? That's a very common answer. Would you like to know? I'll tell you what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would just share some scripture verses with you. So it's not what I'm telling you. It's what God tells us from his word. And when I get done, you could know. Would you like me to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, the first scripture verse I want to share with you comes from John three sixteen, And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. May I ask your first name? Ron. Ron, that's a cool name. <laughs> well, Ron, where that whosoever is, you can put your name in there. If Ron believeth in him, he should not perish but have everlasting life. Mm-hmm. Now, Ron, it also tells us in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Ron, I've got to tell you, I've committed enough sin for you and me both, okay? <laughs> but have you ever told a lie? Yeah, yeah. You know what? So have I. Matter of fact, I said if anybody told me they didn't tell a lie, yeah, he probably told me one right then. <laughs> We've all done it, right? Yeah. Have you ever been angry with somebody? 
Yeah. You yeah. think about that one, Ron. Yeah. Who hasn't been angry with somebody? We've all been angry with somebody, haven't we? Mm -hmm. And it tells us in Romans 3.10, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. So, Ron, we've all done those things. But what does that make us? Bad? It makes us bad. It does, and it makes us a human, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And when we're human, it makes us a sinner, doesn't it? Yeah. And, Ron, it tells us in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. So, Ron, you and I and everybody has been born, we're going to die someday, aren't we? Right. And when we do, we're going to go to one or two places, aren't we? Mm -hmm. We're either going to go to heaven or we're going to go to hell, aren't we? Ron, I don't know about you. I want to go to heaven. How about yeah. you? Yeah, me yeah, too. Me That's why we're talking, right? Yeah. Right. But, Ron, the best part of that verse is the end of it, where it says the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it also tells us in Romans 5, 8, that God demonstrates love for us. And yet, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Ron, Jesus knew thousands of years ago that you and I, everybody that's ever been born, we're going to tell a lie, we're going to be angry with somebody, we're going to steal something. That's why Jesus knew he had to take all of my sin, your sin, the whole sin in the world on him, and that's why he was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day. Now, Ron, what that's like is let's say, for instance, you and I did something really wrong, and the judge sentenced you and me to life in prison, as the jailer took me and me in that prison, Jesus is standing there. He says, Ron, you and Dick are free to go. I paid the debt when I died on the cross. They locked him in the jail cell. You and I walked away. Mm -hmm. That's what he did for us. Wow. I'm about done. That mm -hmm. tells us in Romans 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him, sup with him, and he with me. Now, Ron, if I came to your home and I knocked on the door, I'm outside, aren't I? Mm -hmm. But if you open the door and invite me in, now I'm in your house, aren't right. I? Ron, that's what Jesus does. Mm -hmm. He knocks on my heart, knocks on your heart, and he says, Ron and Dick, I want you to ask forgiveness of your sins and accept me as your Savior. Ron, you and I can never be good enough to go to heaven. It's a personal relationship. And it tells us in Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in thine heart, that thou hast raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So, Ron, what that's telling us is a personal relationship. We just pray, we ask forgiveness for our sins, accept Christ as our personal Savior, and we're sincere. says, thou shalt be saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to do that with me? I'll just pray, okay. repeat after me. Sure. Would you like to do that? Sure. Perfect. You just repeat after me. All right. Father in heaven. Father in heaven. I admit that I am a sinner. I admit that I am a sinner. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you were buried. I believe you were buried. And I believe you rose again on the third day. And I believe you rose again on the third day. And I believe you did that to forgive me of my sins. And I believe you did that to forgive me of my sins. I repent of those sins now. I repent of those sins now. And ask you to forgive me of those sins. And ask you to forgive me of those sins. I accept you as my personal Savior. I accept you as my personal Savior. And I do that by faith. And I do that by faith. I ask you to come live in my heart. I ask you to come live in my heart. And help me start living for you today. Help me to start living for you today. And when I die. And when I die. Please take me to heaven. Please take me to heaven. To be with you. To be with you. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Now, Ron, let me ask you, were you sincere when you prayed that? Yeah. Now, the reason that sounds like maybe a funny question, but Ron, we can say the words, we can pray it. We're not sincere. It doesn't make any difference. Yet when we pray it and we're sincere... It says, thou shalt be saved. And it tells us right here in the back mm -hmm. of this little book, it tells us that. Now, Ron, I tell you what I ask. Where does Jesus live now? In my heart? He does. 
You know, we hear people all the time say, we're all children of God. Well, we're all created by God. We're not a child of God until we've accepted him as our Savior. Yeah. Once you've accepted him as your Savior, now you're a child of God. He lives in your heart. Mm-hmm. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. i tell you what I want you to do. I want you to sign and date this little Bible, okay? okay? The reason I want you to do that, I want you to always remember the date that you gave your life to the Lord, okay? Well, you even know the date. Yeah. Now, I tell you, if you don't mind, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on my prayer list. Can I do that? Sure. Now, I know how to spell Ron. I think that's R-O-N, right? Yep. Is your last name M-E-R-R-I-T-T? Perfect. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you on prayer list. I'm going to try and pray for you every day. Can I do that? Sure. Perfect. Now, I'll tell you what I'd like to have you do. I'd like to have you take this little Bible, and first thing I want you to do is read the book of John. Right here. Read the book of John. And then after you do that, go back and want you to read the book of Romans. After you do that, go to the very beginning and start with the Matthew and start reading through the Bible. Do you have a full Bible at home? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Well, after you read through, the, after you read the book of John, you read the book of Romans, and you start reading through this, go to your big Bible, go to the very beginning and start with Genesis and start reading through the Bible, okay? Now, you're not going to read through it in a week or a month. Right. But if you have to read the book of John, the book of Romans, when you start with Matthew, if you start with Matthew chapter 1, read two, chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 today, 5, 6, 7, 8 tomorrow, 3, 4 chapters a day, you'll read through the whole Bible in a year. That sounds doable, doesn't wow. it? Yeah. yeah. Now, do you go to church anywhere? Well, not really. I know a great church. I'd like to invite <laughs> you to my church. May I do that? Sure. I go to the New Hope Christian Church at 3700 Girton Road in Wayne, Ohio. We have the neatest pastor. <laughs> 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 his name is Pastor Martin. He looks an awful lot like you. Ah, okay. <laughs> you could be his twin. Okay. And I would love to have you come. Okay. And look for my wife and I would love to have you sit with us. Would you do that? Sure. Perfect. Do you have any sure. other questions? Um, I don't, not, not, not that I can think of right now. Perfect. You made my day. <laughs> Thank you. You made mine. Thank you so much. Now, I know what you're saying. Anybody could have led that guy to the Lord. Isn't that what you're saying? But you know what? That is exactly the point the pastor and I want to make. That's exactly how easy they are. They literally don't vary from that. You know, you think all these people have all these questions, these objections. You don't argue with them. Don't argue with them. And you aren't going to have that. You don't have those, those objections. And this is literally how they go. Now, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You, it's going to happen very rare. But once in a while, you're going to get down to the end and ask if they want to pray with you. And they don't want to pray. No time to be a salesperson, okay? One question I may ask, I say, Bron, you and I don't know if we're going to live to the end of the day. Are you sure you don't want to pray with me? I've had some say yes. By far the majority will say no. No time to be a salesperson. The worst possible thing could happen is you put the pressure on yourself thinking you have to do something. You put pressure on that man to pray. He prays with you to get rid of you, think he's going to heaven. He's probably going to hell because he doesn't know the Lord. Take that pressure off you. That's not your responsibility to save him. Amen? Now, other thing can happen. When I asked if he was 100% saved, he could have said yes, right? Well, if they ever say yes, you need to ask them another question. I have found that when they, you will probably have the opportunity to lead more people to the Lord that say yes than the ones that say no. And if you ask him and he says yes, I say, Brother Ron, if you're face-to-face with Jesus 
And he says, why do you should have let you in my heaven? What would you tell him? Now, if he says, well, I'm born again, I accepted Christ, and I don't, he's probably saved. Otherwise, he wouldn't even know the terminology. So he's probably saved. But I tell you what's going to happen. By far, the majority of people say, I'm a good person. I try to live right. I live by the golden rule. And when they tell me that, I said, you didn't have to tell me that. I could tell you're a good person. I could just tell how kind you are. But do you realize that won't get you to heaven? It amazes you. People say, I had no idea. I said, would you like to know? Wouldn't take me long. I just shared some scripture verses. Not what I'm telling you. It's what God tells us from his word. Would you like me to do that? And then go through the scripture verses. Very redundant. Once you do it, you have to get your personality. This is my personality doing this. You have to take it and put your personality into it, okay? But you're, don't put the pressure on you that you have to save somebody because you're not going to save them. Don't try and argue with them. You're not going to get anywhere with arguing with anybody, and you don't have to argue with them. Don't do that. I'll tell you, I've had people share with me. They said, you know, I just don't seem to get the opportunity to witness to people. Brothers and sisters, you make the opportunities, okay? Now, we're going to have a handout. At the end, I told you we're going to have some little Bibles for you. I went to pick a little Bible up. And there's a handout back there. If you have, There's not enough for everybody because I didn't figure probably everybody would want one. But if there, there's a handout back there. If you want a handout, take it. It has the eight short scripture verses. Just memorize the scripture verses and practice it. It has the role play on it that Pastor and I did. Practice it. And then practice with people on the phone. I have found people cannot shoot you on the phone. <laughs> and you will be very receptive. You can't imagine the people you can leave to the phone. You know, I've ordered pizza and led people to the Lord on the phone. I've stopped stockbrokers. If you have problems with your computer or your spectrum or whatever it is, the Lord probably wants you to talk to somebody. You cannot believe the people you can lead to the Lord on the phone. You know, I've had, uh, I had a problem with our spectrum. And so I called them and I talked to a lady and she was very kind and I got finished, and I said, you know, you are so kind and so pleasant. May I ask you a question? I said, um, if you are to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? And she says, I am not. I said, would you like to know? She said, I really would. I said, may I share some scriptures? I said, it won't take me long, and when I get finished, you can know. She said, I'd like to have you do that. I went through the scriptures. I explained them to her. When I got done, I asked if she would like to pray with me. She says, I would. As she is praying with me, I could hear her weeping on the other end of that line. She was crying. And when I got finished, she says, you have no idea what you have just done for me and how much I appreciate this. Brothers and sisters, when you have some reason something goes wrong with your house, you've got to call the plumber, you've got to call Spectrum, think of something that's probably not a problem. The Lord probably wants you to witness to somebody into that phone. Amen? You can lead doctors to the, to the Lord. When our son was ill, we got, got to lead his brain surgeon to the Lord. You'd be amazed at people that you can talk to. And don't be afraid about saying something wrong. Don't be afraid about stumbling. You know, I stumbled on a scripture verse earlier this evening. You're going to do that. You're going to stumble on a scripture verse. Maybe you're not going to come across perfect. And if they don't pray for you, with you, don't worry about it. I got to tell you, the Lord, I was blessed. The Gideons International had me traveling to Panama for them for a number of years. And they were sending me to, or around the world. And Panama was the countries I, they sent me to. And uh, they took me, sent me to Dave, the city of David, and I checked in the hotel. And a young man took my luggage to the room. And after he took my luggage, I tipped him, and I said, hey, can I give you a little gift? I said, it's a little Bible. It's a little New Testament, Psalm and Proverbs in the Old Testament. I said, if you go inside the front cover, it has a little self-help section. You go there, time of sickness, death, worry, give the scripture verse, the page number. Same scripture verse, a big Bible, different page number. And I said, we all want to go to heaven. You go inside the back cover, it tells you how much God loves you, how to get there. 
He said, yeah, I'll take that. I said, may I ask you a question? I said, if you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? He said, I'm not. I said, would you like to know? I said, I'd share some scripture verses, not what I'm telling you, what God tells from his word. He said, yeah, I'd like to know. I said, well, let's go sit down. So we're walking over to sit down. As we're doing that, he proceeds to tell me how he's gone through a divorce. Well, we sat down, and I started going through the scripture verses, and when I got to the point where I asked Pastor Merritt, you know, if he'd ever told a lie, he sat there and he thought, he said, you know, I don't think I ever have. I said, have you ever been angry with somebody? No. He said, I've never been angry with anybody. He said, I'm a pretty mild-mannered guy. I said, have you ever stolen anything? No. He said, I'm a pretty honest guy. He said, I've never stolen anything. I thought, now I know why the man got divorced. He, he has no clue he's ever done anything wrong. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> and so I just stopped. Amen? I thought, how, how does somebody get saved when they don't know they're lost? He doesn't know he's done anything wrong. Amen? So I just stopped and I said, you know, these are the scripture verses I was going through. I said, just take these and go through them on your own sometime. And he left. About a year, year and a half later, Gideon's International sent me back to that same area. I checked in the same hotel and the same young man takes me to my room. Well, the next morning I thought, you know, or that night during the night, I thought, you know, I got to talk to him. So the next morning I got up and I went down for breakfast and I came out of the restaurant and I'm walking across the lobby and there he stands. And I said, you know, can I ask you a question? I said, you got a couple minutes? He said, sure. So he took me into a little office. And I said, I just wanted to ask you a question. I said, if you're to die today, are you 100% sure you go to heaven? He looked at me and he said, you asked me that the last time I was here. (laughs) He says, I don't think you understand. He said, I go to church every Sunday. I read my Bible. And he said, my life has totally changed. I thought, how in the world did that happen from that conversation we had? Don't be concerned about what you say. It doesn't work out. The Holy Spirit can use anything you say. He can't use it if you don't say anything. Amen? Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. I was walking in my neighborhood one day, and as I'm walking down the street, there's a city truck there with two city drivers in it, and I'm walking by that truck, and the Holy Spirit says, Dick, you need to go talk to those two drivers. And I said, Lord, I don't have a testament. I have, don't have a track. I have nothing to approach those men. There's two guys sitting in that truck. There's going to be peer pressure. They're not going to have an interest. So I kept walking. Holy Spirit nudged me and said, Dick, you need to go talk to those two guys. I thought, I don't want to get to my prayer time tonight and say, Lord, where did I fail you today? And he says, you know those two city workers I told you to go talk to and you didn't go talk to? I turned around and went back to that truck. Walked up to the window and they rolled down the window. And I said, may I ask you a question? I said, are you gentlemen interested in spiritual things? The truck driver sat there and he, so I knew he wasn't. Well, the driver, the guy, the guy sitting by the other door said, you know, I am. I said, could I talk to you for just a minute? He said, sure. Well, he got out of the truck and I said, I just wanted to ask if you die today, you're 100% sure you'd go to heaven. He said, I would hope I would, but he said, I'm not really sure. I said, would you like to know? I told him it wouldn't take me long, just share a few scripture verses with me. He said, I would. Well, I went through those scripture verses, explained them to him. He responded to me. And when we got done, I asked if he wanted to pray with me. He said, I do. And he said, after he prayed, he said, you have no idea how much I appreciate this. You'll be amazed at how people are receptive. You'll be amazed how many people give you a hug after you do that. Amen? I had a doctor give me a hug after I gave him that. Now, they're not all going to turn out like that, okay? Well, Jan needed a new washer and dryer. And a couple young men came and installed that washer and dryer and when they got done, 
I approached him and I said, may I give you a little gift? And I took the little testament and started to go through the testament like I shared with you before. And when I got done, I could tell they had no interest in what I was giving them. Uh, they were just tolerating me. So anyway, they took the testament, I think, just to be kind. Then I said, I want to ask you a question. I said, if you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? The one gentleman looked at me and he says, I am pretty sure I would go directly to hell. And he walked away. And the other one said, I think you can try to live right, but he said, I don't think you can ever know. And he walked away. Now, did I fail? Maybe. There was a seed planter. Maybe it was a seed planter like my wife was. You see, Jan and I were wor working the Gideon tent this last summer, and I was talking to a couple of high school boys, giving them testaments. And this gentleman from Bowling Green, I've never seen him drive a car. He's always walked or riding a bicycle. And he came right in and sat down. Well, Jan went over and talked to him, and she asked if he's got a little conversation with him, asked if he was 100% sure he'd go to heaven. He said, heaven? I don't want to go to heaven. Jan says, you don't want to go to heaven? No, he said, I don't want to go to heaven. Well, Jan says, Richard, you need Jesus in your heart. Oh, he said, I don't want to go to heaven. Well, about that time, we had another one of our pastors in Wood County walk up to the tent. Now, he didn't know he was a pastor. But he looked at that pastor and he said, do you want to go to heaven? The pastor said, yeah, I want to go to heaven. Well, he said, I don't want to go to heaven. And Jan said he must have had enough of Christians at that point because he got up and he left, walked away. That was on Friday. Saturday, Monday morning, that same pastor came back to our tent. He said, I have to tell you, so I told my congregation yesterday that Mrs. Dissip was a seed sower at the Gideon tent. He said, I told him what had happened. He said, about an hour or two later, I was in the fairgrounds, and that young man came up to me and said, do you want to go to heaven? The pastor said, yeah, I want to go to heaven. He said, well, that lady back at the Gideon tent asked me if I wanted to go to heaven, and I told her no, because he said, I don't want to go to heaven now. <laughs> he said, well, she wasn't asked if you wanted to go to heaven now. She wanted to know if you wanted to go to heaven when the Lord called you home, that he would call you home at that time. Well, he said, I didn't want to go to heaven now. He said, I want my family to know what I did, and I want to know if they want to go to heaven. He said, Richard, could you have a few minutes? He said, can I talk to you? He said, that pastor, he said, I went over and sat down, and Richard sat down with me, and he said, I went through the scriptures with explaining them to him. Then he said, Richard, would you like to accept Jesus as your Savior? He said, I would. But he says, well, let me pray a little prayer like this. And he said, he prayed the sweetest prayer. He said, Jesus, he says, you know, I, I, I do bad things. He said, I'm a sinner. And he said, I do them all the time. And he said, I, I ask that you forgive me for that. He said, I, he said, when I die, he said, I want you to come take me to heaven. He said, I'm not coming today. <laughs> so maybe you're a seed sower. I want to share something with you. I'm hesitant about tell you, telling you this, but you know, how many of us know people that were 100% sure they would go to heaven? We probably all know people like that, don't we? we had, I had an interesting experience happen to me. Uh, There's a pastor that I'd known for years, maybe 45, 40, 45 years, maybe 50. And he passed away. And they, we, they were friends of ours when they lived in the area. We used to associate with them. And, and they had moved away. And we hadn't really talked to them much over the last number of years. And when he passed away, Jan and I had other commitments. To, we were going to be out of town, so we weren't going to be able to go to the funeral home or the funeral, either one. So I called her and just wanted to give her my condolences and tell her we were thinking of her and praying for him. 
and she wasn't home, so I left a message and had her call me. Well, in the meantime, the Holy Spirit led me and said, Dick, when she calls you back, you have to ask her. She's 100% sure she'd go to heaven. I said, Lord, she's a pastor's wife. How am I going to do that one? Well, she called. And as I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit tells me, again, nudges me, Dick, you've got to ask her that. I said, Lord, I don't want to offend this lady. And all the time I'm talking to her, I said, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. You're going to have to handle it. Help me with this. I do that about every time, to be honest with you. So anyway, we got down to the end. I says, may I ask you a question? I said, this is really going to seem like a funny question to you. And I said, the last thing in the world I want to do is offend you. But I said, if you're to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? She never hesitated a minute. And she says, Dick, you have no idea how much I struggle with that question. I said, you know, you can really know for sure. I said, I could share some scripture verses with you. It's not what I'm telling you. They're all scripture verses you've heard before because you're in church all the time. And when I get done, you could know, would you like me to do that? She said, I would. I went through those scripture verses. When I got done, she prayed with me. And she says, Dick, you have no idea how much I appreciate this. And she said, I'm going to share this with my kids. Brothers and sisters, never assume that somebody automatically knows. Billy Graham made the comment that at best 50% of the people sitting in churches today are saved. And then he changed it said probably at best 20%. So a lot of people even sitting in our churches today are unsaved. So don't automatically assume they are. Amen? You know, Erwin Lutzer wrote a book. And in his book, it, it was called One Minute After You Die. And he said, do you think that when you die, that your senses are going to be any less heightened than they are today? He said, I think when you die, your senses are going to be so heightened, you know the date, the time, the minute, the place, and the person that gave you the opportunity to accept Christ, and you didn't do it. And he says, you've got all eternity to remember that. You know, I don't want to offend anybody with a little bit of time that I have left here on earth. But I'd much rather offend them here and give them the opportunity to accept Christ. Give them the opportunity to go to heaven. And if not, and they never accept Christ, maybe someday they'll know at least I cared enough to try to tell them. And you know what the worst thing could happen? The worst thing I think could happen is some friend of yours, your family member, acquaintance of yours, they died and they went to hell and they said, you know what? Dick Dissip was a Christian. Why didn't he tell me? Why didn't he tell me? Why would he let me come to a place like this and not tell me? Brothers and sisters, we all have friends and family members, acquaintances that need to know. You know, D.L. Moody was telling, he was walking down the street in London, England. And he says, he's walking down the street the night, there's a drunk in the gutter, and the drunk looked up at him and said, aren't you Pastor Moody? And he says, I am. He said, you saved me. Pastor Moody said, I must have. If Jesus saved you, you wouldn't be drunk in that gutter. Brothers and sisters, we've got to take that pressure off us. We're not going to save anyone. I know a gentleman that was uh, over around Venton, Ohio. He gives his Gideon testimony and told that he overdosed on drugs as a young man. He said they took him to the hospital and he's laying on a gurney. And he said the nurse said he seems like such a nice young man. He said, I could feel my body being pulled into hell. It was a strong force was so strong. And he said, I knew I was going to hell. And he said, I knew he deserved it. He said, you will not argue your way out of hell. 
He said, the force was so strong, he said, I could, I could hear the people in hell. I could hear the grinding, the wailing, and the gnashing of teeth in hell. I could hear the people. He said, the next day I was still grinding my teeth. Brother and sister, hell is for real. We wouldn't want our worst enemy to go there. Satan's going to try to discourage you from witnessing. He can try to discourage you. He can't stop us. Amen? You know, we all have friends, family members, and acquaintances that don't know the Lord. And brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, who's going to tell them if you and I don't go tell them? When we hear young people today say they don't think it's a need to go to church, who's going to go tell them? We have people that will not darken the door of a church. How are they going to go if we know if we don't go tell them? You know, it tells us in Joshua 1.7, be strong and very courageous. I encourage you to be strong and very courageous. Satan, like I said, is going to try to discourage you. He can't stop us. We're the only one that can stop us. It tells in Proverbs 11.30, the fruit of the righteous, the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. As I said, there's going to be a testament for you in the back and a little handout if you'd like to take it. And I would like to leave you with one thought. Would you please pray? Pray and ask the Lord. Lord, who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to witness to? That the Holy Spirit can touch them and that you can save them. Would you pray that? Father in heaven, come to and praise me. Thank you for this day. Father God, I just praise and thank you for for this church. I thank you for Pastor Merritt and this being laid on his heart, this personal witnessing, Lord. Lord, we just pray for every one of these people here this morning, Lord. Many of these people have health concerns or financial issues, whatever it would be. I pray you be with each and every one of them with that, Lord. I pray for wisdom and guidance, Lord, with them with building their new church. And Lord, I pray for each one of these people that they would go out and they would have to share the gospel. I pray for Pastor Merritt and Mary. I thank you for their leadership of this church, Lord. I thank you for their efforts and this personal witnessing, Lord. I thank you for him being willing to share this with the people and encourage us to do it. And I pray now that each and every one of us would go out, Lord, that you would give us the boldness. You would give us the guidance to do it. Lord, we know we cannot do this in our power. It's going to have to be you. I pray, Lord, you would touch each and every one of us that we go out today and each and every day, Lord, that you would lay us on our heart, the person closest to hell, and you'd give us the sensing, Lord, to go speak to those people and share the gospel. And then, Lord, you would save them. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Dick. We're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna stand and be dismissed now. Um, go out, pick up your testaments, and then we can you can get the things and put them in the trailer. I assume it's out over here, somewhere. You'll see it. What color is it? Blue, black, gray, gray. Okay. Truck's blue. Trailer's gray. Okay. Anyway, you'll see it. Um, and Dick will be around for a minute. If you'd like to talk to Dick, why feel free to come up and share with him if you'd like to um, have him pray with you or just be encouraged. Encourage you to do that. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, as you've spoken to our hearts, Lord, help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. Lord, we hear a lot of things, but Lord, help us to be doers. Help us to put it into practice. Give us confidence in you and and just help us to overcome our fears. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for this time we've had together. 
We just ask your blessing on Dick and Jan, Lord. Just continue to use them. Continue to bless them as they serve you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.